Welcome to GrishaCast. This is your host, Eric. And I'm Terry. This is your podcast for all things Grishaverse. A world created by the wonderful Lee Bardugo. Well, hello, 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 GrishaCast listeners and my girl. How are you? I am fantastic. <laughs> I am happy to be here. We sure are. Whew. We got some energy for y'all. <laughs> so <laughs> It's one of those nights. It sure is. We got the giggles. And I'm exhausted. Oh, we're going to do it. Exactly. So that it's going to be a show, folks. So um, anyways, I'm excited. We've, we finally, we're in Siege and Storm. And I mean, so you read those chapters for the first time ever. I did. And I stopped at chapter six. So without giving away anything, like, I mean, did you enjoy it? I did enjoy it. A lot happened. A lot did. Yes. This was a big turning point. There's a lot of action in these couple chapters, which is going to be really fun to like try to explain. Um, But we'll get through this. So first off, let's talk a little bit about our recap. Um, So last week we started it. We started the book. And pretty much, if you remember, Mal and Alina were running away from the Darkling. Then Darkling found them again. They got on a boat. And they're looking for this mysterious new amplifier. Beautiful, beautiful amplifier. Yes. A perfect makeup palette. It sure would. I really hope that somebody does that once the series starts. Well, they might. And at the end of what we read, they they find they find Rosalia, which is the sea wisp. Wisp. Wisp, right? Wisp? Or am I whip? whip. 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 Okay, I was thinking about those little cheese crackers. The wisps. You hungry? I am. You know, I I do keto, so those little cheese wisps are amazing. (laughs) They sure are. They actually really are delicious. (laughs) So we're just going to call this the amazing (laughs) dragon wisp. (laughs) Rosalia. Anyways, okay. Um, So going right on into chapter four... um, yeah, they, they find the ice dragon. They find Rosalia. And Alina is watching as the crew tries to capture Rosalia and is also kind of cheering on the ice dragon because she doesn't really... I mean, it's a it's a beautiful creature. She doesn't really know whether she wants it to be harmed. I mean, that's got to be hard watching. I mean, some beautiful, majestic thing. And we saw her struggle with the stag. Exactly. So we know that she has sympathy and doesn't want to hurt these creatures, even though she knows the power they have. They yeah. still don't deserve to die. Absolutely. So um, they start trying to... They, they hit the, the dragon with a harpoon, and the dragon launches up into the sky and ends up falling onto a boat, splitting it in two. And this part was pretty graphic. Its jaws clamp down on one of the men as his screams of terror get buried into the sea. Um, so I thought that was pretty graphic. <laughs> um, reminded it me of Jaws. Picture. It does. Just made me think of Jaws. Um, so they do have like this final hit, um, on Rosalia, the final, the final harpoon. And, um, he starts to let out a mournful and beautiful sounding cry. It's described a lot in there that, I mean, this cry that Rosalia has is just pretty. So I... Just wondered about that, you know. That has to be very confusing. Yeah, I mean, it's it beautiful. Sounds like a like I mean, as almost it was like singing or something. And this beautiful, like mournful cry. Hmm. Purdy. Excuse me. So, um, I've got a little. Of course, I've got a quote. So, the mist lifted and my jaw dropped. The darkling and his Grisha still stood on the starboard side, attention focused on the longboat that now seemed to be rowing away from the whaler. But on the port side, another ship had appeared, as if from nowhere, a sleek schooner with gleaming masts and colors flying, a red dog on a teal field, and below it, in pale blue and gold, the Ravkin double eagle. And then everything seemed to happen at once. 
A howl went up from somewhere like a wolf baying at the moon. Men swarmed over the rail onto the whaler's deck, pistols strapped to their chest, cutlasses in their hands, yawling and barking like a pack of wild dogs. I saw the darkling turn, confusion and rage on his face. What the hell is going on, Mal said, stepping in front of me as we edged toward the meager protection of the mizzenmast. I don't know, I replied. Something very good or something very bad. So that's where we kind of get into like something else is going on. Um, it it seemed like the Darkling was capturing this ice dragon for himself and a schooner has appeared. And it seems like somebody else has come up into this world and this area and is gonna, I don't know, something's about to happen. There's some chaos and it's kind of, you don't know whether it's going to be something from the Darkling and that there's more Grisha coming after them. Or if it's a rescue boat. Who knows? But, well, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to say who knows. We do know. Then something amazing happens. Sturmhold's men start attacking the Grisha. Sturmhold actually is turning against the Darkling. I knew I liked him. I know. You're going to love him, too. I'm just going to say that. This made um, me very happy. And I just said Sturmhold. I'm sorry. Sturmond. Um, I told you it's been a long day, peeps. I'm, 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 <laughs> whew, I'm, I'm tired. But um, we're going to get through this. So Sturmon's men take the dragon and um, start sailing um, toward the new ship. Um, one of, And apparently that's Sturmon's ship. Um, the ship with the dragon has its own breeze. And Alina notices that Sturmon has his own squalor. So that's kind of neat. Um, just because we didn't know Sturmon had his own Grisha. But he apparently does. He's got his own squalor that's helping this ship move. And newsflash there. So It makes sense, though, now that he was, you know, he he felt like he could say something back to these other Grisha. And that, you know, we didn't know that at the time, but he was confident in himself because he had his own little army. Oh yeah, and he his character keeps growing like that. We he's got this confidence about him that's incredible, and we just keep learning more and more and more about him, which is awesome, and I love it. And so here's another quote: "Suddenly, an arm seized me around the waist, and I was lifted off my feet. The world seemed to upend itself, and I shrieked as I was thrown over a huge shoulder. I lifted my head, struggling against the arm that held me like a steel band, and saw Tamar rushing toward Mal, a knife gleaming in her hands. No, I screamed. Mal. He put up his hands to defend himself, but all she did was slice through his bonds. Go, she shouted, tossing him the knife and drawing a sword from the scabbard at her hip. Tolia clutched me tighter as he sprinted over the deck. Tamar and Mal were close behind. What are you doing? I squawked, my head jouncing against the giant's back. Just run, Tamar replied, slashing at a corporalnik who threw himself into her path. So we've got some help here from Tamar and, yeah, and Tolia. So, I mean, all like the crew is helping them escape and, or, whatever get away get away from the darkling and figure out what's going on here so tolia drops alina and when she looks up she sees ivan's hands outstretching crushing tolia's heart so he's using his powers right there um and the inferni with ivan takes on mal and tamar Tamar then surprisingly uses her Grisha power. Surprise! So this is where we learn that Tamar is a Grisha. So she is a heart renderer. And um, Tamar actually finishes this off by um, plunging a sword through the Inferni. And um, so there's a lot going on. This is just a really dramatic scene. Um, A lot, like it's just, it's a huge, huge scene. Um, Then Ivan tries to attack Tolia using his Grisha power. So, um we find out that Tolia is also a heart renderer. Um, and he actually uses his powers to stop Ivan's heart. And this is insane. Ivan actually dies and didn't see Who that. Who could have guessed that? And Well, he's been around for so long since the beginning. He's, he's a strong character. And he's been the Darkling's man. Um, just so all of a sudden, like, I mean, to be taken ba- down by Tolia, um, huge surprise. And, Alina, actually, it's a really good quote here. This is, um, 
A tiny sob drew me out of my reverie. Jenya stood gazing down at Ivan, her hands over her mouth. Jenya, I said, stop them. The shout came from across the deck. I turned and I saw the darkling grappling with an armed sailor. Jenya was shaking. She reached into the pocket of her kefta and drew out a pistol. Tolia lunged toward her. No, I said, stepping between them. I wasn't going to watch him kill Jenya. The heavy pistol trembled in her hand. Jenya, I said quietly, are you really going to shoot me? She looked around wildly, unsure of where to aim. I laid a hand on her sleeve. She flinched and turned the barrel on me. A crack like thunder rent the air, and I knew the darkling had gone. Free. I looked back and saw a wave of darkness tumbling toward us. It's over, I thought. We're done for. But in the next instant, I glimpsed a bright flash and a shot rang out. The swell of darkness blew away to nothing, and I saw the darkling clutching his arm, his face contorted in fury and pain. In disbelief, I realized he'd been shot. Sturmhan was racing toward us, pistols in hand. Run, he shouted. Come on, Alina. Mal cried, reaching for my arm. Jenya, I said desperately. Come with us. Her hand was shaking so badly I thought the pistol might fly from her grip. Tears spilled over her cheeks. I can't, she sobbed brokenly. She lowered her weapon. Go, Alina, she said. Just go. So there we go. Another chance for Jenya to be with be on Alina's side. I mean, I know that she just didn't shoot her, but I mean, she's just getting another chance and she still just chooses to be with the Darkling. I know the Darkling gave her a lot and changed her, I mean, got her out of being with the king and queen's servant, but it's just, I don't know. It's sad for me. Jenny was such a friendly character in Shadow and Bone that, and we thought that was such a strong relationship to now see that it's not, you know? And I haven't read any further than this, but I feel like there's something more. There is. Yeah. And Spoiler alert. But I, I feel like there is something more going on, and that's why she's not going. There is. And, you know, what's really interesting, actually, that I noticed is, um, so when I first read these, I read them all on my Kindle. And um, they didn't have some of the, I guess there's, like, special, like, things in the back of, like, the actual um paperback books and i discovered at the end of this one there's something called jenya's story and it's like it's right out it's when we're done reading it there's an there's like an like an insert of like this like other thing that lee wrote i guess and it's jenya's story i've never read it or heard of it ever so that's going to be interesting to read that when we get to that part obviously but i will have to look in the back of my book when i get to that point yeah so um i found that really I, I didn't notice any of that. I didn't know any of that stuff. Um, so if you're reading off of the Kindle, by the way, not everything's there. Um, you might want to actually get a hard copy and look at it because there's some extra little snippets in there, just in the back of the book, like special features kind of. Um, okay, so going back on into the Grishaverse. Uh, Tolia and Alina jump over the railing and into the icy water and into the schooner. Mal, Tamar, and Sturman are close behind them. Darkness starts to envelop everything. Alina cries to be freed because she's still in irons. They release her. I raise my hands and light blazed through the dark, pushing the blackness back over the whaler. A cheer went up from Sturman's crew, but it withered on their lips as another sound filled the air. A grating shriek, piercing into the wrongness, the creak of a door swinging open, a door that should have remained forever shut. The wound in my shoulder gave a sharp throb. Nietzsche Voya. I turned to Sturmond. We have to get out of here, I said. Now. So that's, like, scary because we know who the, the Nietzsche Voya are, the Darkling's new crazy shadow creatures. The nothings are coming. Yeah, the nothings. <laughs> they are. And um, I love that it's described... As insects, she describes when she hears them coming that it sounds like insects coming, and it's just like so creepy. It is. It's just ugh. That's an appropriate sound for that. Sure is. So, um, one thing we also kind of notice is Sturman obviously has a lot of Grisha. If you're when you're reading this chapter, he's really got a lot in his crew, um, and the Nietzsche Voyas start attacking, and. Um, they also, it's described, they're trying, some of them, I guess, like, are coming up across as shadows and still just trying to take form into the actual Nietzsche Voya shape. And Alina is trying as hard as she can to fight them off. And um, 
He pointed to one of the squallers still summoning wind to the sails. Lightning, he sounded. I flinched. He couldn't mean it. Squallers were never permitted to draw lightning. It was so uh, too unpredictable, too dangerous, and on open seas with wooden ships. But Sturmon's Grisha didn't hesitate. The squallers clapped their hands together, rubbing their palms back and forth. My ears popped as the pressure plummeted. The air crackled with current. We had just enough time to hurl ourselves to the deck as jagged bolts of lightning zigzagged across the sky. The new wave of Nichevoya scattered in momentary confusion show we got them helping out a little bit um these grisha are a little different yes absolutely they are doing things that she's never seen or heard of i mean summoning lightning they don't follow the rules nope and i love that sometimes that's a good thing exactly it is and they escape um, watching the Darkling kind of on the horizon. Like, I mean, just watching is like the, the whaler that the Darkling's on just getting smaller and smaller and smaller. It's like, bye-bye, bagger. That has to feel kind of weird well, to yeah. just watch this person who has tortured you and tortured your life and that you've been so scared of and you're just watching them disappear. Yep, slowly. While you go to safety. Yeah, but the horrifying thing, I'm sure, like, I mean, she he's still alive. And I mean, she's just, he's just, he, he followed her across the entire true sea. So we know he's. And now he's angry. Yeah. God. But he's also kind of hot. So, <laughs> you know, we'll let it pass. So they escape. Um, and I'll just read this last part of this chapter. It's just this um, paragraph just so we know where we are. Mal threw his arms around me, and I held tight, feeling the wet press of his shirt against my cheek, listening to the pounding of his heart, clinging to the unbelievable truth that we were still alive. Then, despite the blood they'd shed and the friends they'd lost, the schooner's crew broke into cheers. They whooped and hollered and barked and growled. In the rigging, Tolia lifted his rifle with one hand and threw his head back, releasing a howl of triumph that lifted the hair on my arms. Mal and I drew apart, gazing at the crewmen, yipping and laughing around us. I knew we were both thinking the same thing. Just what had we gotten ourselves into? So can we also appreciate the fact that she thought that the privateer looked like a fox? Oh, yeah. And so every time we hear about their crew, there's something that has to do with dogs. Mm-hmm. You were hearing about the flag that has the dog on it. Yeah. Now they're... Barking and growling and yipping. Absolutely. So that I find that very fascinating with her writing as well, that we we have the same kind of feeling when we talk about the privateer and his crew. For sure. And um, there's actually a book of hers. I'm ashamed to say this. I haven't read this one yet. It's the, um, the one. It's fairy tales, pretty much, of the Grishaverse. And um, it, one of the stories, I believe, is... Um, it's mentioned in here. Like, I, I think it's, um, some, when she first describes him as a fox, like there's some, I, oh, I wish I knew the actual term for it. I can't remember. I'm sure you listeners are probably going to like kill me, but, um, anyways, she, she kind of writes about that stuff and I love that she goes deep in and, you know, we just, we get a lot from her writing and she just keeps going and going. So I'm sure we're going to get more of those like dog sounds and things about him being a fox and more names and foxy fox there. So that was the end of chapter four. Um, chapter five, um, Mal and Alina notice as their ship is departing further away from the darkling that all the crew and Sturman's Grisha were cheering in excitement and pretty much like they had won a war. Um, I'm sure they just weren't used to that kind of reaction because um, they were probably like terrified. And um, this new crew, group of people there around are just exciting, cute, just big personalities, big, just different kinds of people. And you don't really know at this point what they want. No, not so at all. So she probably doesn't have an idea either. Yeah. And um, so Sturman approaches Alina while drawing his knife, which Mel steps in front of her leveling his rifle to Sturman. So um, Sturman reassures Mel that the knife is not for them, but it's actually back for the dragon. So kind of forgot. Yeah, this is all about an ice dragon. 
and um, Sturmon has successfully gotten Rosalia onto the deck, and she's still alive, um, but she's thrashing about. And this is a part where I love the backstory. They kind of tell a little bit about the story of Rosalia. Rosalia, the cursed prince, guardian of the Bone Road. In the stories, he lured lonely maidens onto his back and carried them, laughing over the waves until they were too far from shore to cry for help. Then he dove down, dragging them beneath the surface to his underwater palace. The girls wasted away, for, for there was nothing to eat there but coral and pearls. Rosalia wept and sang his mournful song over their bodies, then returned to the surface to claim another queen. Like a reverse siren. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I didn't think about it that way. Instead of a beautiful woman yeah. singing men to their death, it's a beautiful prince. Yeah, it's kind of, it is. Definitely in reverse. Um, So Mal asks Alina to pretty much end this, because Rosalia... Obviously, is kind has of, got to be suffering by now. Um, so, Mal helps Alina finish this off, um, and actually helps her by like killing, like I mean, finishing Rosalia off with a harpoon. And it's written here beautifully. I think my stomach churned. I knew what had had to come next. That isn't true," said a voice in my head. "You can walk away, leave it be." Again, I had the sense that things were moving too fast, but I couldn't just throw an amplifier like this back into the sea. The dragon had already given up its life, and taking the amplifier didn't necessarily mean that I would use it. The sea wisps' scales were an iridescent white that shimmered with soft rainbows, except for a single strip that began between its large eyes and ran over the ridge of its skull into its soft mane. Those were edged, edged in gold. So I love the way that she just describes what's going on in Alina, and I feel like right there Alina's kind of battling back and forth between, do I want this amplifier? <laughs> do I want it or not? And um, I think she does, obviously. And we take a moment to appreciate the sea whip. Oh, of course. Thank it for it. Thank it for its beauty. Aw, we should have a moment. Moment of silence for the sea whip. Okay. okay. <laughs> Tolia and Tamar. Um, so then they um pretty much help and get the scales off of Rosalia and hand them to Alina. Sturmon commands that they get moving because he's remembering the Darkling isn't far behind them. Um, and if they don't get moving, Darkling's going to be right there. But we got a really awesome little conversation here. Um, Alina starts it. What am I doing here, I asked. Why did you help us? Are you so sure I have? Answer the question, Sturmon, said Mal, joining us. Why hunt the Sea Whip if you only meant to turn it over to Alina? I wasn't hunting the Sea Whip. I was hunting you. That's why you raised a mutiny against the Darkling, I asked? To get at me? You can't very well mutiny on your own ship. Call it what you like, I said, exasperated. Just explain yourself. Sturmon leaned back and rested his elbows on the rail, surveying the deck. As I would have explained to the Darkling had he bothered to ask, which thankfully he didn't, the problem with hiring a man who sells his honor is that you can always be outbid. I gaped at him. You betrayed the Darkling for money? Betrayed. Seems a strong word. I hardly know the fellow. You're mad, I said. You know what he can do. No prize is worth that. Sturmon grinned. That remains to be seen. The Darkling will hunt you for the rest of your days. Then you and I will have something in common, won't we? Besides, I like to have powerful enemies. Makes me feel important. So... Yeah, Sturmon's character is just blossoming to me right now. We're just That's my new life quote. I like to have powerful enemies. Oh, and my favorite Sturmon quote is coming up. So, yeah, that it he's just he's full of a, lo a lot of good <laughs> lines and He is me. He's he's incredible. <laughs> so, Sturmon shows Alina um a book that he stole from the Darkling's cabin, which happens to be her copy of the Istori Sanctia, which if we remember, this is from way back. I mean, she got a copy from the apparat from in the little palace all the way back in Shadow and Bone. Um, she just kind of, it's a children's book, and it kind of just describes the different, um, the saints. Um, so she, th she th thumbed through the pages. 
Um, and here she describes that the volume was beautifully illustrated, though given that it was meant for children, it was awfully gruesome. Some of the saints were depicted performing miracles or acts of charity. St. Felix among the apple boughs. St. Anastasia ridding the arcan. Uh, Arcesque of the wasting plague, but most of the pages showed the saints in their martyrdom, Sancta Elisabetta being drawn and quartered, the beheading of Saint Lubav, Saint Ilya in chains. I froze. This time I could not disguise my reaction. Interesting, no, said Sturmond. He tapped the page with one long finger. Unless I'm very much mistaken, that's the creature we just captured. There was no hiding it. Behind St. Ilya, splashing around in the waves of a lake or an ocean, was the distinctive shape of a sea whip. But that wasn't all. Somehow I kept my hand from straying to the collar at my neck. The darkling, and it's just, that is so cool. All of a sudden we're seeing, like, I mean, it's, it's, in, it's in this book. And the darkling had it. So this brings up some interesting questions that Alina's pondering that's written here. The darkling would, would uh, the Darkling would have had my room searched after I fled Azalta, but why take this book? And why had he been so concerned that I might have read it? So it's just, there's obviously a lot of information in this book, even though it's kind of looked at as just like this children's book. And, and she was given it. Exactly. By the apparat who kept on like talking about it. And she just was not, she's like, no, uh-uh. So neat to see all this stuff come together. I love it. <laughs> so maybe we shouldn't have judged him so harshly. Maybe he was trying to warn her. Possibly. Possibly. Um, I don't know. I don't know. He still was a really creepy character. Still, oh, still is creepy. a creepy character. Um, so Sermon then tells Alina and Mal that he is um, actually taking them to El Cervo to meet his client. And that if Alina and Mal don't like the client's proposal, that Sturman promises that he will help them escape to wherever they want to go. So Sturman talks to Alina also about what she will do with the scales. So here comes up the discussion about what are we going to do? We've got pretty much an amplifier in our hands. Are we going to make one or are we not? So going back a little bit on that, that, I was confused a little bit when Mal helped her kill the sea whip. Yeah. Does it not matter that he helped because he's not Grisha? I, f I believe so. I. Because it depends on who kills them. Correct. But he's not Grisha, so he wouldn't be able to do anything with the power, right? Exactly. Okay. So. Just wanted to yeah, clear that one up. Well, yeah, and I mean, I'm, well, I'm, I didn't even think about that. But, yeah, since he isn't Grisha, it wouldn't matter to him. I thought something was going to happen, and then I oh. thought, oh, wait a minute. He probably can't harness that power because he doesn't have his own power. Exactly. He doesn't have any of that. Um, but I hate to keep reading out of this book. I feel like I'm just filling it up. But, like, that's what this podcast is about, and we've just got some really good quotes here. Um, some of this is so awesome. So I've just got to keep going. I'm sorry. My fingers snaked into my pocket, seeking out the damp edges of the scales. I had so little information, and my knowledge of Grisha theory was sketchy at best. But this rule had always seemed fairly clear. One Grisha, one amplifier. I remember the words from one of the con um, convoluted philosophy texts I'd been required to read. Why can a Grisha possess but one amplifier? I will answer this question instead. What is infinite, the universe, and the greed of men? I needed time to think. Will you keep your word, I said at last? Will you help us escape? I didn't know why I bothered asking. If he intended to betray us, he certainly wouldn't say so. Sturman asked, Are you so eager to leave your country behind once again? I stilled. All the while your country suffers, the Darkling had accused me of abandoning Ravka. He was wrong about a lot of things, but I couldn't help feeling that he was right about that. I'd left my country to the mercy of the Shadowfold, to a weak king and grasping tyrants like the Darkling and the Apparat. Now, if the rumors could be believed, the Fold was expanding and Ravka was falling apart because of the Darkling, because of the Collar, because of me. So there's a lot in that. Um, let's take it back a notch. Two amplifiers. We supposedly it you can only have one, and now it is being proposed that the Darkling obviously thinks you can have two, 
and that these mysterious, these specific ones by Mort Sova are just special amplifiers where they almost, I don't know, it's interesting. They're special. They're not just like a regular amplifier. Every Grisha that we've met that has had amplifiers so far has only had one. So, but we're getting all that answered too. So we'll figure that out. We're breaking some more rules. We are. Rule breaking. Grisha rule breaking 101. But is she so special that she can handle that? Well, see, that's what's other Grisha not be able to handle that? And maybe she is the saint that was given to us to save the day. And that's why she's going to have all the power in order to fight everything. That is my prediction. Well, what's that going to do to her, too? Because we already saw, like, the massive change when she got the first amplifier, um, which was all good. It was all good. She came to life. And this one wasn't given to her by the Darkling, so he doesn't have double the power over her now. Nope. He doesn't have that control. So this is just going to be, like, her power on steroids. (laughs) I mean, we're just—and for those that have read us— read this we know what's going on but still um so interesting stuff i I love this little this back and forth of learning more about amplifiers it's just so interesting to me and i just love that quote i mean what is infinite the universe and the greed of men that's an amazing amazing quote um because accurate of course especially in this day and age especially now um so Alina and Tamar have a nice little conversation below deck sharing about what it's like to be part of Sturmon's crew and Tamar talks a little bit about being a Grisha. Tamar also tells Alina that when it came to deciding about who will fight against the Darkling, her brother, Tolia, and her both volunteered. So that's cool to see that, I mean, Alina had some cheerleaders on the side that she didn't even know. So there are these people out there that aren't obsessed with the darkling and following in his like just believing every word that he says um obviously we know that but i mean there's we're meeting them now there's a there's a revolt there's a group of people out there that are definitely on alina's side and see what really the darkling is about and um so mount alina have dinner with sturman and alina cannot wait to steal him away and why because she wants to show him something, and she wants to show him what she found. And to... I'll read this real quickly. I know, I'm always reading. Um, So, Mal starts off, I like him, Mal was saying, a little unsteady on his feet from the wine. I mean, he talks too much, and he'd probably steal the buttons from your boots, but he's not a bad guy, and he seems to know a lot about... Would you shut up, I whispered. I want to show you something. Mal peered at me blearily. No need to be rude. I ignored him and pulled the red book out of my pocket. Look, I said, holding the page open and casting a glow over St. Ilya's exultant face. Mal went still. The stag, he said, and Rosalia. I watched him examine the illustration and saw the moment that realization struck. Saints, he breathed. There's a third. And suddenly he's sober. Yep, that would sober me up. So there's a lot in this picture, as we said, and they, they're discovering more and more and more. And um, going just, we have to go right on into chapter six. They see that also in this picture, there is a picture of a firebird. And it's, that's just cool because, I mean, in this one picture, there's these two other amplifiers. That must mean that this firebird is an amplifier as well. It has to. Yet another fairy tale creature that exactly. must exist. And what's really cool about this is it's re- the way it's written in here, too, is this firebird is actually a huge Ravkin folklore. Like, I mean, it is in so many of their stories and history. It, There's songs about it. Exact songs. It's the stage plays. And the way that supposedly Ravka actually came to form. I mean, there's so much to do with this firebird. And um, so this is where we kind of put together. I don't know whether I actually put this together already. And I'm sorry if I did, because it's actually now that they realize Ilya Mortsova was the Grisha Saint, Saint Ilya. Um, I might have given that away earlier, but hey. Um, so that's 
That's neat. Alina tells Mal that Sturmond has fabricators in his crew and that he thinks she needs to use the scales as a second amplifier. And she also kind of agrees with Sturmond. So this is that discussion. Are we going to do this or not? And um, she's, the stag's power, I guess, just isn't strong enough to go against the Darkling and destroy the Shadowfold. And we kind of see that. I mean, we we've saw we saw the power that she got from the stag's amplifier. And I mean, at the end of Shadow and Bone, all she was able to do was I mean, project a lot of light, but I mean, it just got her and Mal out of there from being attacked by the Volcra. It would have helped the skiff too, but I mean, it didn't do any damage to the Volcra. It didn't destroy the Shadowfold at all. It wasn't quite enough. Right. So obviously there needs to be more. If if that's what her intent is. So we need more. So it, it, it's neat to see how this is going to progress. Um, Alina does admit that she possibly not only wants the second amplifier, but she m- might want the third as well. Mal is having a hard time with this. He's just, he's scared about what it's going to do to her. And I would be too. Um, pow- I, as it keeps being mentioned in here, what power does to men, what power does to people. Um, and it's the greed behind it. Exactly. When is it ever enough? She's and she's seeming a little greedy here. She's she is sounding a little greedy. And it's written. And I love the way she's written it this way, because it's like the fr- you're actually seeing it. You're and it's very light. It's not like full on greed. It's just very like small little snippets of like seeing that she's really kind of just she's wanting it. She's she's feeling this pull towards that power. And you can feel her feeling it. Exactly. Love it. Um, so they decide, I mean, that they're going to do this. And, I mean, they're going to give her this amplifier. And Mal's going to have to track it. Oh, yeah, exactly. So that they discuss it because Alina's like, you're this amazing tracker. So you can track um, this firebird. And I love that he's like, how? We have to have like a starting point. I mean, I'm a good tracker, but I'm not that good. Exactly. Like, we've got to figure out where to start. I mean, could literally be anywhere. Exactly. I mean, do you see like maybe some firebird poop somewhere? I mean, start tracking from there. Dropping the scat. <laughs> so, um, but what after. What would firebird scat look like? Ugh. I actually, actually, I think it'd be pretty. I think it'd be colorful. Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of like rainbow poop or unicorn poop. Rainbow poop? Sorry, rainbows don't poop. Unicorns do. I told you guys I'm so tired, but this is going to be fun. <laughs> this is where I get fun. <laughs> so um, so with a lot of tugging and pulling, Alina does convince Mal that he'll do it. He'll find this last um, amplifier for her. And that evening, Sturman brings his best fabricator to come and help um, make Alina's real forever bracelet. Or maybe actually, you know what? This will be a forever bangle. <laughs> a forever bangle. <laughs> because we had our episode where, like, my husband so gratefully called um, the first amplifier for, uh, forever bracelet. So um, this will be the forever bangle. It's everything your partner wants for this holiday season. <laughs> it sure is. Um, so every kiss begins with amplifier. <laughs> Every kiss begins with Grisha. I handed the scales to Mal, who held one out to the fabricator. Are you sure this is a good idea, she asked. She was gnawing on her lips so aggressively, I thought she might draw blood. And this is my, I love this. This is my favorite line of Sturmond. Of course not, said Sturmond. Anything worth doing always starts as a bad idea. Hell yeah. That is so true. I love it. Very accurate. It is. Put that one in the books. It is. <laughs> Put it down in your daily journal. It is. Anything worth doing always starts as a bad idea. So the bangle is made, and Alina calls forth her power, and th- it's overwhelming power. And she is, it's beautifully described. So um, I'll read it. It came from every direction, from a million stars, from a sun still hidden below the horizon. It came with relentless speed and furious intent. 
oh saints i had time to whisper i love that because truthfully i feel like it was more like oh shit <laughs> she really wanted to say but this is a young adult book it's so young adult version yeah so oh saints i had time to whisper then the light was blazing through me and the night came apart the sky exploded into brilliant gold the surface of the water glittered like a massive diamond reflecting piercing white shards of sunlight despite my best intentions the air shimmered with heat i closed my eyes against the brightness trying to focus to regain control i heard bagra's harsh voice in my head demanding that i trust my power it isn't an animal that shies away from you or chooses whether or not to come when you call it but this was like nothing I'd felt before. It was an animal, a creature of infinite fire that breathed with the stag's strength and the sea whip's wrath. It coursed through me, stealing my breath, breaking me up, dissolving my edges until all I knew was light. Too much, I thought in desperation, and at the same time, all I could think was more. So, um, there we have it, kids. She... It's a lot of power, and she's obviously feeling the juice from it. It's hard to control. She's having a really hard time controlling it. And she's wanting more of it. It's feeling good, though. It is. So it's it's described that pretty much, I mean, these amplifiers become a part of her. Um, Mal is concerned because he says that, like, he she was acting weird, or he was he described it as you were beautiful, but horrifying or something beautiful or like something like that and she pretty much is just saying how you know these amplifiers now have attached to her attached to her soul attached to her being it is they are physically a part of her but alina notices that her empty wrist and craves that missing amplifier so that's pretty much where we end this um you have to complete the collection you do (laughs) you do i mean you're gonna have to so we know where this is leading, obviously. And that's pretty much where our reading ended. Um, it was hard to stop there, I got to say. Oh, I bet. It was really hard to just stop and walk away. But I'm doing it for you. Good job, girl. Do it for the cast. That's you, I meant you as all of the listeners and all of Grishaverse. I'm doing it for you. Yay. So, well, we've got some more going on. So real quickly, let's do our... Grisha Cast News. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so some stuff happened definitely this past week. Lee tweeted out, gonna go right, but Grishaverse fan should keep an eye out for some updates coming soon. So that, like, kept me pondering. And then we got a second round of casting. Um, seven new cast actors and actresses are added to the Shadow and Bone list. So... We've now got someone, I'm going to butcher these names, but we've got uh, Callahan Skogman, who's going to play Matthias. He is a new actor. I don't think he's been in anything. We've got a Zoe Wanamaker, who plays Bagra. And I'm sorry, guys, I should really know that name because she's also in Harry Potter. Um, she, um, Yeah, so she's going to be awesome as Bagra. Oh, that'll so. bring some fans over, too. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. We've got a, and then we've got someone from Game of Thrones. We've got Kevin Eldon, who's going to play the Apparat. And we've got a Julian Kostov, who is going to be Fedor. Uh, Luke Pasolino, who's going to play David, which really excites me because if they've cast someone as David, then David's going to have a bigger part. Like, I mean, he's just the squeaky little person in the first novel. If you remember, that's the fabricator that Jenya loved. But by the end, he's the one that fashions. He did, yeah. The forever bracelet. Absolutely, but I just think if like they've actually cast him, they might be making this kind of big, like his part a little bit bigger. I don't know. To me, that's what I think. Um, we also have a uh, Jasmine Blackborough playing Marie, and then a Gabrielle Brooks playing Nadia. So that was exciting. Um, Lee also answers why Wylan is not in season one. Um, so Wylan is from the Six of Crows series, and it's she pretty much explains that the crows haven't met him yet. Um, so what I've put together, and I think is what is going on, is in this show we are going to meet the Six of Crows characters 
but it is going to be like a prequel to what we have read so far. So we are going to get to know them in a different way, and then I think season two is going to actually start to tie in the story that we know of Six of Crows. So we're going to have the Shadow and Bone story. We know that. Plus, we're going to meet the Six of Crows characters, kind of just see what's going on before they get together and actually have, like, I don't know. That's going to be kind of cool. I need to get reading. Well, we'll get there. I think we will because this is we'll start Six of Crows by then um, for sure because that's the next um, series. And we're going to get through this book, one more book, and then we'll start Six of Crows. So it's so exciting. I love it because you're going to love it. Then all of a sudden we have this one book that King of Scars combines Shadow and Bone and Six of Crows. It's so cool, like the characters. Well, I'm just happy it's not going to end anytime soon. It's not. She's writing, because um, King of Scars has a sequel coming out, so she's writing that, and um, she's she's got a lot. The Grisha versus popular girl, so and it's going to just get bigger and bigger and bigger, which is really cool. We're going to have Grisha everywhere. We're all just going to go party in our keftas. We sure are. Oh, and she also, Lee had like a little moment on Instagram where she was answering all these questions, which was really cool. And she kind of talked about, um, we've talked about it on the show before, how she actually got to be in a scene. And she just went a little bit more in depth about how um, the crew was really helpful. Um, she um, She's handicapped, so they were really accommodating on helping her with like, like there's this huge flight of stairs in the scene and they just uh, really were helpful and accommodating to her, which of course, come on, it's the goddess, the queen Lee. So we would, anybody's going to do that for her, but she gets aware of Kefta and she just, yeah. So she went on Instagram for a little bit and answered some of our questions um, as in like fans. So, but that's what I got for Grishcast news. Did you, is there anything else that you saw by chance that I didn't mention? Oh, no, you are on it. Okay. Okay. So, I mean, because it takes both of us to figure it. There's a lot of stuff to look at. So By we'll the time look. I had forwarded things to you, it was old news to you. So, I, well, you are I, on it. I follow too much. This is, just to let you all know, this is my life. I love the Grishaverse. I love this podcast so much. Like, this is, this is my piece when I get to come and get time with my best friend and talk about one of my favorite things in the world, this is what I love. So if anything happens about the Grishaverse, anytime during the day, I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to know about it. I've got alerts on my phone whenever Lee does anything. She breathes. I know. Anyways. <laughs> so I'm just a little obsessed, but that's okay. It's healthy. healthy it's a obsessed. healthy obsession. Exactly. So we do got some listener thank yous. And um, from Twitter, I want to thank Mary Woolzen at M. Woolzen and Sadie at Lisa Gordon. And um, so we got an email also that I want to share. This is from Yael Ross. And I want to share this because I want to help her out. So, And I'm going to share this email. I'm going to read it real quickly. Hi, Eric. Thank you so much for the Grisha podcast. I love it. My favorite is the Six of Crows duology, and I really cannot wait for you to talk about it. By the way, girl, neither can we. The Grisha trilogy had a lot of things I did not like, mostly the single point of view Alina. I must admit, I do not like her at all, and as the plot progressed, things she did were very odd to me. I wasn't able to reread it again, but your podcast is allowing me to look, or better yet, listen again and understand more. So thank you, thank you, thank you. And I understand that. I mean, we all have our preferences. Of Some people really love different parts of Lee's writing. Some people are definitely obsessed with Six of Crows duology and are not fond of Shadow and Bone. I I actually like both. I, I love it just because I think Shadow and Bone lays the groundwork for Six of Crows. It helps us understand this world. Um, sorry, I was still reading this email, and I'm just, like, talking. Um, so I appreciate the time you ha- um, you take to do the podcast, among all the other things in your life, your job, your family, holiday shopping. On your last episode, your husband talked about the flex seeds, heated shoes you bought that turned out to be a disappointment and returned. My husband and I run a small business in Michigan, Heated Footwear. Our product is a pair of heated inserts you microwave and put in any shoe you have. This allows you to walk around with warm feet and reheat it over and over again. 
The material is patent-pending and silicone-based. We make it ourselves. I kindly invite you to take a look at www.snookies.com and see if our inserts are to your liking. We also sell complimentary booties, slippers, and socks to go with them, women and men sizes. I will... It will be an honor to keep your feet warm as you continue the wonderful podcast. Thank you again, Yael Ross. Thank you so much, Yael. Um, I think that's awesome. And I'm definitely going to be looking into these snookies. And I will make sure to also post about it um, on our Facebook page. So if any of our listeners are interested in keeping your feet warm this winter, you can go on to snookies.com and help out one of our summoners, our fellow summoners, you know? Help each other out, y'all. Support your fellow Grisha. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So um, anyways, thank you. And um, next week we're going to be covering 7, 8, and 9. So this is pretty much going to be the same amount of pages, um, but it's going to be good. The story is rearing up. So I'm so excited I can finally read it. I know. You can go home and do it now. <laughs> well, anyways, thanks so much, girl, for helping me and doing this with me. Absolutely. It is a pleasure. So, again, this has been awesome, and I'm so glad that Terry's here now. And, um, yeah, we're just going to keep doing this. We love you guys. And, um, yeah, it's been a great episode. You guys stay warm and... Um, yeah, get reading. We'll see you guys next Friday. Have a happy holiday. Oh, Whatever yeah, that's you celebrate. right. That's right. I forgot. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Hanukkah. Yeah, and I celebrate Hanukkah. I didn't even wish anybody that. Yeah, because, yeah, so Hanukkah starts on this Sunday. Yeah, yep. on Sunday. First night. And then we got Christmas coming up next Wednesday. So, isn't that right? Christmas is Wednesday, I think. Yeah. And then, not that anybody cares, but my birthday's Tuesday. Woohoo! Celebrate my birthday! So, we will celebrate you. Yeah. Well, well, everybody else is celebrating Christmas. <laughs> it happens every year. I'm used to it. So, um, anyways, love you guys. Thanks so much for dealing with us with this episode. I've been exhausted. So, I hope that I made some kind of sense. If not, tune in next week. I promise to be <laughs> more alive and have caught up on my sleep and um, had proper nutrition. <laughs> so, Wake him up by visiting our socials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what happens. So anyways, love you guys. Thanks so much for listening and um, we will see you all next week. Bye. Bye. This has been GrishaCast. You may email us at grishapodcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at GrishaCast, Twitter at GrishaPodcast, and on Facebook at GrishaCast.